For close to 100 years, little, if anything, was done in Wilmington to remember the coup and massacre of 1898. Indeed, for decades the opposite occurred, as the murder of dozens of blacks and the overthrow by white supremacists of a biracial government was initially covered up and eventually largely forgotten. Things began to change in 1984 with the publication of the book We Have Taken a City by H. Leon Prather, and in 1994 with Philip Gerard's novel Cape Fear Rising, based on the events of 1898. The 100th anniversary commemoration in 1998, organized by Bertha Boykin Todd and others, marched, marked a new era with members of the local and state government acknowledging the tragedy. Since then, much has been done to mark what's been called the only successful coup on American soil. Although 1898 is just one of many examples in American history of deadly violence perpetrated against blacks. In recent years, there's been an 1898 documentary, Wilmington on Fire, and a Pulitzer Prize winning book, Wilmington's Lie. A memorial to 1898 was erected on North 3rd Street in 2008, and it has since become a meeting place for community gatherings and peaceful protests. For the 123rd anniversary of 1898 on November 10th, the City of Wilmington, New Hanover County, and several local groups, including the New Hanover County NAACP, have joined together to create an extensive slate of events commemorating 1898 with some well-known speakers and creatively designed remembrances. It all starts November 1st with a proclamation at the historic New Hanover County Courthouse making November 1898 Commemoration Month in the county. On November 6th, Dr. William Barber, former head of the North Carolina NAACP, will speak at the historically black Pine Forest Cemetery as part of a graveside ceremony for Joshua Halsey, who was one of eight known victims of 1898. On November 8th, David Zacchino, Pulitzer Prize winning author of Wilmington's Lie, will speak at First Baptist Church. And on November 10th, a marker will be installed at 3rd and Red Cross Streets, honoring the Reverend J. Allen Kirk, former pastor of Central Baptist Church, now Central Missionary Baptist Church, who wrote an early account of the attacks. On the evening of November 10th, a commemoration ceremony at Macedonia Missionary Baptist Church in Wilmington will feature an appearance by Dr. Benjamin Chavis, civil rights activist and member of the Wilmington 10. Related, but not a part of the official commemoration activities, Pulitzer Prize-winning author and academic Nicole Hannah-Jones will speak Tuesday, November 2nd at the University of North Carolina Wilmington as part of Writers Week. Hannah-Jones, the primary author of the New York Times 1619 project marking the 400th anniversary of enslaved Africans being brought to the British colony of Virginia, will speak with fellow author John Jeremiah Sullivan of Wilmington's Third Person Project. Check for a full list of, of events with Times with this story at starnewsonline.com or check for a link at the Cape Fear Unearthed Facebook page. One of the most fascinating aspects of this year's commemoration is the work being done by the New Hanover County Community Remembrance Project. Working with the Third Person Project, the NHCCRP has located the once lost graves of some of the people murdered during 1898 and track down multiple descendants of those killed, some of whom will be coming to Wilmington for the commemoration. In conjunction with the Equal Justice 
An initiative out of Montgomery, Alabama, the NHCCRP has embarked on a soil collection project in which soil taken from local sites where violence against blacks is known to have occurred in 1898 is collected and preserved. Joining me today on Cape Fear Unearthed to talk about 1898 remembrance efforts are Jim Downey and Tim Pinnock of the New Hanover County Community Remembrance Project. Pinnock was recently interviewed for a story in The New Yorker by Wilmington native Lauren Collins. Okay, so I am sitting here with Jim Downey and Tim Pinnock. They are co-chairs of the New Hanover County Community Remembrance Project. Thank you guys for being here. Thanks for being on Cape Fear on Earth. Oh, thank you, John. Thank you, Jim. Well, tell me, so let's start, tell me a little bit about yourselves, how you guys met, how you um, came to form the uh, NHCCRP, and um, yeah, just a little bit of background. Yeah, uh, so this is Jim Downey, and um, we moved, my wife and I moved here in 2011, and we learned about what happened uh, in 1898 here uh, relatively quickly. Yeah. Uh, in 2018, we went to Montgomery, Alabama, and we visited the Equal Justice Initiative uh, Memorial for yeah. Peace and Justice. And uh, what they have there are plaques uh, from each county where some form of racial terror took place. Yeah. I've heard of people who have been there, or I've talked to people who have been there, they said it's a very powerful It's extremely experience. emotional. It's yeah. extremely emotional to see um, real life um, pieces of art that reflect how many people died. Yeah. You know, there's over 4,000 that yeah. are documented. Right. And for New Hanover County, there were um, a number of names and unknowns listed for November 10th, 1898. Interesting. Well, so tell, tell me how we. How did you get involved? When did you, you just moved here a couple of years ago, right? Correct. Correct. Okay. I. I uh, we bought a piece of property about a decade ago now uh, and started building a home, okay. waiting for my wife to retire. Once right. she retired, we were going to go ahead and move down, which we did in 2016. Okay. Uh, it was shortly after that that I was basically, it was a new community. I wanted to get to know the people. Yeah. And so I started trying to find ways I could I could uh, meet people and, and decide what I wanted to do as far as volunteer volunteerism and whatnot. And, yeah. and I ended up uh, meeting Jim. Uh, and Jim was had his hands in so many different things, and right. so he started inviting me to different places, and it made sense to me. I get to meet different people, but the one that really uh, was impactful was Cape Fear Collective, uh, and that's Kevin Kevin Maurer. Kevin Maurer, yeah. and, yep. and that was a wonderful uh, collective mix of people, and so that's where really things started blossoming for me. But I met Jim. Jim encouraged me to come to. A meeting, said I didn't have to do anything. That's the way. That's the way you bring you that's in. A, right? that's, yeah, how, that's, that's how they get you. You can be right. a fly on the wall, that's and right. so and so. That's really pretty much what it was. I was a fly on the wall. Yeah. But when they started turning to focusing on from yeah. the history to yeah. researching the descendants, right? Then that was well. Kind that's of my sort of that, well. That's best, best your wheelhouse, right? Because that's your background is like genealogy yeah. and that type of thing. Thirty some years yeah. uh, doing genealogical research as well. Wow. So. Yeah. So, well, and then, so tell me about this, specifically this year. I mean, you know, me and Jim have talked about, we've been, the county and the city have been acknowledging this for a long time, really, well, for the last 20 years anyway, since about the 100th anniversary. I think this is one of the first years, I think this is some, maybe the most extensive kind of series of events they've had, and with the city and the county involved, multiple groups involved. Um, tell me a bit about how this kind of 
um, project, you know, of Remembrance of 1898 came about that you guys are working on, and you know, may maybe some of the other groups that you're working with on this? Well, we started our committee uh, coalition in um, around September of 2019, right. and we started contacting the NAACP, um, Frankie Roberts at um, Leading Into New Communities, Sonia Patrick with the 1898 uh, um, observance committee and we started contacting all these different people saying yeah. we want to do a project with the equal justice initiative out in montgomery and we don't i mean we, we want to we want to memorialize the people who died right. which is something that hadn't really been done yet yeah. so we took the names of the people who were on the memorial they had out in montgomery and then we started doing genealogy research on yeah. them to see if we could find any living family members and we were planning on doing our event last November, but because of COVID restrictions, we decided to postpone. Right. Um, which turned out to be a good thing because that gave us a whole other year to do research. Yeah. Which is where Tim came in. Well, and this is just the most, I mean, this is just the most fascinating part of the story to me is, well, first of all, you know, how did he find the uh, descendants of these people who died? I mean, I guess then you started with, you're, you're talking about Joshua Halsey and Samuel McFarland, Daniel Wright, are those the three you stuck, that you started with? Or are there, and there are more as well. Oh, there's absolutely more. We, yeah. we, uh, the historical piece was, was getting that list down to yeah. eight solid people. Right. And that's where third person really did the heavy lifting there. Uh, but when it turned to the genealogical research, uh, it, it, you have to follow the evidence, and, and sometimes there's not much evidence. Yeah. And so we would have hoped to have found all eight or descendants to all eight. Right. And down the road, we may chip away at that. Yeah, yeah. But uh, our evidence right now, or, or our research pointed to, we we found at least one person with three different individuals. Okay. Uh, and, and then that's the other piece, and people don't really understand genealogical research and try to find descendants and that yeah. type of stuff. Descendants don't necessarily want to be found. Some exactly. do, some don't. Right, right. And so that's been the challenge is once you do find people or you send an email or you make a phone call or whatever, you, you, you don't know if they're going to respond or not. Did you talk to both people who were very interested to know about this and people, on the other hand, who were not interested to know? Yeah, I mean that's that's what happens. I mean, yeah. you, you have to assume when when your calls go unanswered, yeah, you know, right, or emails right. or whatever, that yeah. somehow they've read it and in their just yeah. Well, tell me about some of the stories of the uh, on the people that that you contacted that you found, and maybe some of them probably didn't know about their history. Well, I think a lot of them were not aware. Yeah, uh, uh, and that's usually the case. I mean, you know, they they may be, they may not. Uh, in, in, in the case of, of the Halseys, yeah. it, it, was, it was one that we knew was interested to a certain degree because he was on Ancestry. And yeah. He had a yeah, tree okay. there. All right. So he's, he's interested. But even then, he could be, have a tree, but he could, the person could want maybe, well, I just want to find out this. All right. In very limited scope as far as what they're interested in doing. Yeah. And so, you, again, you just don't know no matter where you find them. And you just keep looking, and you and you the trees. Good thing is the trees keep expanding, and so you yeah. if they have kids. Yeah, yeah. And then they have kids, then you have a good chance of. of yeah. Uh, well, and you've got I think it's about twenty people who are coming, twenty um, descendants of uh, three of the people who were killed. I mean, so they must be interested. Obviously, they're coming all the way to Wilmington from wherever they live, you know. So they're interested in being a part of this and kind of exploring their past, essentially, right? And, and what's interesting too, uh, right now. We, with it, we found the descendants for three of them. Yeah. Uh, right now, again, two of the three still 
waiting, don't know if we're going to hear from them, don't know if they're going right, to show right. up or whatever. So that's kind of disappointing. Again, you're reaching sure. out to them and, and then they're just not not responding, even right. after the initial response. Yeah, so, yeah. so right now we're, you know, we got a lot of people coming and, and pretty yeah. much all of them are from the Halsey line. Well, yeah, and that's, I mean, it sounds like it's going to be a very, I mean, the way you guys have it set up, it's going to be a very, I would think it'd be a very pow powerful experience. Um, and um, what, okay, well, tell me a little bit about why, you know, Let's talk a little bit about why it's important to continue to acknowledge this because we've, you know, we've acknowledged it in the past. You know, why is it important going forward to kind of keep talking about this? Well, every year, every year in November, around the 10th, uh, there is some form of uh, commemoration of what happened here in 1898. Sometimes it takes the form of film, documentaries, yeah. performance, um, walking tours. This year, uh, we're doing this project with the Equal Justice Initiative. It's a soil collection um, project where we're going to certain locations where we know certain people died, we're collecting soil. Yep. And at this event on the 6th, we're gonna be putting soil into these jars and these jars are going back to Montgomery. Okay, so now we're gonna start talking about the people who died. But going forward, we're gonna be talking about the people who um, died, but we haven't found descendants for yet. We right. want to tell their stories. And then we also want to find people who were banished from the city or who left yeah. Wilmington. We want to find out where they went and what their lives were like afterwards and find out you know, their family stories. Yeah, so maybe that's the next, I mean, well, the one that I know of, the one, I guess one of the more famous ones is a guy named Willis Richardson, who was, I think, um, the first uh, black playwright to have a piece on Broadway. His, I think he was a child after eight, during 1898, and then he left, and or his family left, um, moved to New York, and um, yeah, but yeah, maybe that's the next piece of this. You know, talking about because it wasn't just people that were murdered, people who had left. I mean, like understandably, they they just got out, um, to save their lives probably. So and then, yeah, and then that's almost like a diaspora from Wilmington. That you know, you think about what could have been, you know, the community that could have stayed here that just kind of was driven away. Yeah, you, what we decided to do collectively was to yeah. cast a wider net yeah. because, again, the soil collection was based on the eight individuals. Yeah. But uh, uh, what we realized uh, to be true and a fact that is that everybody that was here, every resident in 1898 was terrorized. It was a terror event. Yeah. And it didn't just, you didn't have to be killed or you'd be traumatized. And so that's what we decided to do. And that's, again, after November 6th, yeah. we've, got a, we've got a body of work now. We've got lots of leads to track down. Yeah. And so that's what, that's what our goal is now, is to, is to build the community. I mean, really, to tell the story and let the, let the, let the community tell the story. Yeah. Hopefully we can get enough people, and we're moving in that direction, to get information from them, hopefully get pictures to match up with the names, and just make it a yeah. collective yeah. effort so that they can have that common history shared and be proud of it. I got to say right now, I was kind of disappointed when I first got here, when he started talking about 1898, and you only had, you know, I'd go to events and like three people that yeah. were descendants, and right. again, as a genealogist, I'm right. like, that <laughs> right. doesn't look quite right. 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 There's got to be more than that, and of course, they were more, they just yeah. weren't, weren't visible. Yeah, and, it's, well, and then talk some about the work, I mean, how do you, you know, how do you find these people? I mean, I know it's, there's a lot involved, I mean, you said you sort of on like Ancestry.com and see who's on there, but like how do you actually go, what is, what is the process like of finding, you know, who some of these uh, descendants of uh, Joshua Halsey or, you know, or whoever? Yeah, it, 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 is, it, is a, it is a 
detective type, and it's like yeah. a mystery. You know? yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a whole set of different mysteries, and it's kind of exciting that people yeah. get caught up in it. Uh, and it's it's really uh, now with DNA, yeah. it yeah. really has made the prospect of finding people much more possible because with our particular person with the Joshua Halsey line, yeah. or one of the lines that we tracked, he was doing DNA. So yeah. he's still finding people wow. and having leads based on his DNA. So the more people that get tested, again, as we bring them into the DNA community, yeah. then there's more, more chances there too. But the really exciting thing for me is the diaspora. And, and like I say, these people, the ones that we found at Halsey's were in New York, but then we found some were in Philadelphia. Huh. And so it's really interesting now to look at those different spots yeah. where they moved and what the migrations were. We call again pulling people out of Wilmington. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. just a natural occurrence. Once somebody right. migrates, right. it's not just Wilmington, right. but if some people migrate to a certain area, if it's better there, yeah. then you have the chain migration. We have people moving up there, and that's what we're seeing. It's really cool. I'm excited yeah. to see that. Well, and well, and and uh, speaking of Joshua Halsey, I mean, there was going to be a funeral for Josh Halsey. <laughs> And I know Third Person Project is involved in that, but how much can you guys speak to that and um, how that came about and what the importance of you know, that event is going to be? Well, at the same time that uh, you know, Tim was doing work, uh, finding Halsey's and uh, making connections with them, uh, John Sullivan and Joel Finzel and the uh, Third Person Project were in Pine Forest Cemetery and they were trying to find where some of these people who died, where they were buried. We, we had records that said that Joshua Halsey was buried there. We had records that said that Samuel McFarlane was buried there, but there was no, there was no grave site, there was no yeah. stone. So those guys did some incredible detective work and they found what they're pretty confident is the place where Joshua Halsey's buried yeah. and it's in a family plot where there's other Halseys. So their project was to uh, contact the Halseys that we had found Right. and asked permission to make a, um, a, a grave marker yeah. and to have that marker installed. And would it be okay, um, you know, what do they want on that marker to install it and then to have an event where there is like a funeral. Yeah. And so they organized with Linda Thompson in the county um, to bring in uh, Rev, uh, Reverend William Barber to yeah, speak. Well. Yeah. And um, and there's going to be a whole other event going on later that day yeah. after our event at the park. Yeah. So it so November sixth is going to be a big day for remembrance uh, of everyone who died, and then also specifically for Joshua Halsey and his descendants. Yeah. And talk a little bit about the uh, Soul Collection Project itself. This is fascinating to me. So you guys, okay. So you go to the site where you know Joshua Halsey was killed. Um, uh, Layton Seventh. So you Layton go there and you and you actually dig up soil and you collect it, or you go and and you're also going to the uh, Daily Record yes. site as well and some other places. So yeah. So what is like the physical process of that? How does that work? Well, yeah, we're doing that on Friday. Uh, we the first thing we did was we contacted the property owners and yeah. said, look, we want to come and we want to take about a five gallon bucket of soil, um, and we're going to replace it, of course, and. Um, we got permission from all the property owners. We called 811 because you don't dig. Right, right. Call 811 yeah, before you dig, yeah, so we you did go. that. Right. Uh, we've been cleared for all the locations. Yeah. And we will we will go out with a small group of people and we will collect soil. We have to dry it out. There's a process that the people in Montgomery told us we needed to follow. You can't just take soil and put it in a jar and send it to Montgomery right, and put right. it on the shelf. Right. Um, which is what's going to happen. We're going to collect the soil, we're going to dry it out, 
We're going to bring it to the event at the park. And then we're going to have the whole community, everyone who's there is going to be able to come up to the table and have a little hand shovel and to be able to scoop some of this soil and place it in the jars for wow. one of these eight individuals. Um, the Equal Justice Initiative said, well, we know a lot of people died, but we don't have names for them. Yeah. So we would like you to collect for the unknowns in a specific jar, and yeah. we'd like you to collect that soil at the location of the Daily Record. It is on 7th Street right next yeah. to uh, St. Luke's. Yeah, well, and that's and that's one thing that we can talk about a little bit. So we have, I think, eight names we know for sure of people who died, but we have, I believe, dozens. I think the number I hear a lot is sixty, or maybe as many as a hundred people are believed to have been, you know, killed. You know, why is it? Because of the records, or what is the reason why these, you know, individuals are so hard to kind of figure out who they were? Well, we that's a that's a good discussion. Um, one reason is there, there may be family members that live here yeah. in New Hanover County that don't know if one of their ancestors died. Yeah. They just don't know. Right. Um, we're hoping that all this attention that we're putting on the descendants that we are aware of yeah. and, and telling their stories is going to encourage other people in the community to maybe do their genealogy research and to maybe go back into their family histories to see if there's something there that they want to share with the community. But, you know, it's a personal thing. We can't, yeah. we, we can only say we're, we're available to collect this information to share it with the community, but the people in the community need to be able to share it. Yeah. yeah and one, one of the big pieces of this, too, is that the fact that history constantly evolves, right? So history right. is evolving. And so in this particular instance, and the manner of which the coup was conducted, uh, I've talked to Larray Umfleet about this, and then again, it's kind of clear in, in, in the findings too, is that the perpetrators of the coup really didn't want to publicize a list of all the people they killed. Right, you know, right, so the river right, is full right. of blood and all this other yeah. stuff, they're running them into the cemeteries. Right. They're, they're really, they weren't really all that interested in trying to, to, do, to do a tally. And so that makes right. it more difficult. Yeah. Whatever records were available, uh, yeah. There wasn't a whole lot of record a whole lot that that showed up as far as you know corner reports and that type of stuff. Yeah. They they just kind of, they wanted to suppress that type yep. of information. Yep. And and one of the interesting things just, just to give you an example, the truth is going to come out. Like Jim says, there's, there's probably some stories there. There might be some people that know, uh, but the stories haven't gotten out. There was a person that I just contacted. I did a presentation, and a person was in the crowd, and they said. I believe we ha I have somebody that's related that related to me that was 1898. Wow. And so, you know, okay, that's the first step. So we started investigating it. And what was interesting is the timing of it, when her, she believed her ancestor died, he wasn't on the 1900 census. And so it was looking huh. like, you know, it's a possibility yeah. there. Uh, and so we started investigating, come to, be, come to find that uh, he was a fairly prominent person. He had, he had died in 1899, and we actually did find something in the newspaper huh. of his death. So then that confirmed that he was, you know, had died yeah. you know, after the 1898. But that's what we're going to do. As we, we get leads, we're just going to follow him down. And I'm yeah. sure that number is going to go up from eight yeah. uh, in the next you know, months and, and years to come because we're going to be on it. That's interesting. And that's well, and what's also interesting to me is like how this has become. I mean, I grew up here. I grew up in Wilmington. The first I heard of it was in the 90s when they started doing the 100th anniversary wasn't taught in schools, wasn't, you know, wasn't discussed. But now it's like there's not even, not only interest in Wilmington, right? I mean, you're talking to Lauren Collins from The New Yorker, and there's a Pulitzer Prize, you know, winning book about 1898. I mean, there's a bunch of 1898. What is, you know, obviously this has struck a nerve with not just Wilmington, but, I mean, 
the whole country. Yeah, I mean, this is American history that hasn't really been taught. Um, there was there was a lot of um, improvement in the lives of African Americans from the end of the Civil War up until 1898. It was a struggle for 30 years for people to actually start building um, lives, wealth, professions, communities. And then in 1898, the community that was, you know, growing very you know, rapidly with a lot of professionals and a lot of wealth being accumulated, well, that was pretty much just squash for a lot of the people. And then this was repeated again and again and again in other parts, yeah. you know. And, and probably one of, the, one of the biggest examples of the destruction of black wealth was in Tulsa, Oklahoma yeah. in 1921, yeah. where you know, the white people basically flew planes and dropped bombs on the black community. Yeah. Well, that didn't happen in Wilmington, but because Wilmington happened, it kind of gave uh, um, a roadmap for how to squash growing African-American communities. So it's important that people learn what happened here in 1898 because in some respects, it was like the beginning of the end for blacks being able to accumulate wealth. Yeah. But then the other part of the story is the resiliency of the black community yep. that stayed here. Yeah. yeah I, and I think what you're seeing here, we're, we're the beneficiaries of, of, of the last five years of, of social unrest. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. know, again, it was, a, it was huge, uh, it was significant, it was impactful. And so really, truly, what I think you're now seeing and what we are now witnessing is a reckoning, finally. A reckoning of what happened and the willingness of the community to take ownership of it. You know, again, yeah. you're never yeah. going to get everybody yeah. with just this, this, this fallacy. Right. Right. But you work at what you can do. And I say now what I'm seeing, uh, particularly with UNTW, who yeah. has a record, of, a historical record here that is, you know, is not stellar, but it's not about what they've done in the past, it's about what yeah. they're trying to do now. Right. And there's lots of work afoot there for them trying to help with grant writing and that type of stuff and curriculum to make 1898, not only just to make it visible and then it goes away, but to put it in place and then have it move forward. Yeah. And that's great. Well, that's what's really fascinating to me is that's what makes it more maybe more powerful is the whole, the whole community aspect, right? It's not just the city of Wilmington. It's not just New Hanover County. It's not just your group or like another group. It's all these groups kind of joining together to kind of, you know, mark this um, as, a, as a commemoration. So to kind of finish up, you know, and we've talked a little bit about kind of where we go from here, you know, what are some of the most, you know, what are some of the important things, you know, in terms of remembrance or healing or any other aspect that might be that we need to, that, are, that we still need to kind of uh, acknowledge and look at moving forward in the, you know, as we mark the 124th next year and 125th and, and on. Well, because, we're, because our project, the one Tim and I are working on, is with the Equal Justice Initiative, they have, they have a program set up for communities all over the country where they want each county where these types of racial violence took place, they want them to put up a highway marker, which yeah. they supply. Yeah. They want them to have a high school essay contest, which they provide prize money for. They want uh, communities to do a soil collection uh, ceremony, and then eventually, there is a replica of what they have out in Montgomery for each county. And so our goal long term, or actually short term, because, uh, you know, um, what, what will it be? It will be the 125th anniversary, yep. will be 2023. Yep. In 2023, we hope that 
the people in Montgomery are ready to let these replicas be available to put in a public place and we will probably try to do another project in two years where we're going to find a place for the replica of what they have out in Montgomery, the place here in New Hanover County. That's a, that's a short-term goal. Yeah. Longer-term goal is to find all those unknowns. Yeah. If there were really 20 or 60 or 80 or 100 people that died here that we don't have names for, yeah. we want to be able to find their names and tell their stories. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, last, the last year and a half or so has been really exciting. You know, somebody yeah. has been doing genealogy for as long as I have. Yeah. There's lots of hope and promise there. I'm going to give you a, a really good example uh, of really, let's say, what are we trying to do? We want each year when we look at this event and observe this event, we want to have moved the marker forward as far as finding more people that have, you know, been impacted, descendants. Yeah. And that's going to be kind of a marker that we're going to take moving forward. So hopefully by, you know, 125th anniversary. We won't have three people coming to the event. Yeah. We'll have 53 people yeah. that have recognized it. So that's what we're looking at. And, and the, the last thing I'd like to finish with is, is, is one of the biggest goals is to heal families, to bring families together. And uh, in, in, in the case of one of the descendants that, that we've known for a long time, Inez Campbell Eason, yep. you know, I reached out to her. We've had an interesting conversation back and forth because I'm trying to learn what she's feeling and, and what she's doing. And she had a group of people, a group of family that went up to New York. They migrated up. Yeah. And so when I'm trying to get information from her saying, what do you have? I don't want to repeat that. Tell me what you have. I found, we found people in New York. We don't want to go tracing them if you can give us the documents. She was aware that the family went up. She says, yes, we, he had a brother that went up to New York. Yeah. She says, but 1898 severed that. She says, we, we lost touch with them. And she said, I would love to reconnect with my family. Wow. So that's really what our goal is is to reconnect these families and bring them closure in that kind of way. And I'm looking forward to being part of that for the years to come. Well, um, Tim Pinnock and uh, Jim Downey with the New Hanover County Community Remembrance Project, thank you so much for being here and talking with me about this uh, very important subject. Thank you, Fred. Thank you, John. And that's it for this episode of Cape Fear on Earth and our look at the remembrance efforts surrounding the commemoration of the 123rd anniversary of the Wilmington Coup and Massacre of 1898. We'll be back soon with another chapter of Wilmington History. Till then, make sure you're a member of our Facebook group, where listeners can ask questions about our episodes and share their own memories of the region's history. In that group, I post extra content from each episode and, and links to all my coverage of local history for the Star News. You can find that group by searching Cape Fear Unearthed on Facebook. Don't forget to sign up for the Cape Fear Unearthed newsletter that goes out every Thursday. Sign up for the newsletter at starnewsonline.com newsletters. Cape Fear on Earth was written, edited, and hosted by yours truly, John Staten. You can find more of my work at starnewsonline.com. Additional editing by Adam Fish. The podcast was made possible by listeners and readers like you. Support local journalism in Cape Fear on Earth by subscribing to the Star News today at starnewsonline.com slash subscribe. And while you're subscribing to things, be sure to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you stream this show so you'll never miss an episode. While you're there, leave us a review, which will help more people find Cape Fear Unearthed. Till then, get out and explore the Cape Fear region on your own. You never know what you might unearth.